Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, this is Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast. And I'm here to tell you all about Splash Refresher because hydration is mandatory, but boring is not. Now, I love my water, but if I don't spice it up, I'm not going to finish what I took out of the fridge. That's why I love my Splash Refresher, which is flavorful, delicious, bright, hydrating, and zero calories. The wild berry flavor is my fave. No, wait. Is the pineapple mango flavor my fave? You know what? All five craveable Splash Refresher flavors are my fave because they're so delicious. So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher. Hello, everyone. Program Politics here, and it is 4.11 on the East Coast, so uh, we apparently have survived yet another deadline from QAnon to bring the pain, to uh, destroy the deep state, crush the cabal, send everybody off to Guantanamo Bay, where their feet would dangle in the damp Cuban twilight, all that good stuff. It appears it's not going to happen. We've gotten another reprieve, us lucky ducks. Now, this all started uh, because people were bored because Q was never posting. And uh, an Australian psychiatrist who got himself uh, basically kicked out of the field for being insane as a QAnon supporter, uh, he came up with a brilliant decode which posited that the 10 Days of Darkness would start on April 1st and thus they would end on April 10th and result in uh, everyone being, every, all the bad guys being arrested. And this was one of those things where with the coronavirus and all the other freaking out that people were doing about Tom Hanks getting it and the secret arrests and Ellen's wearing an ankle monitor, people wanted to believe. They wanted to believe that this was it. This was the big payoff. And that was the cue mantra for most of the early coronavirus lockdown because Q, again, was an absentee cult leader. He was not posting, he was not telling anyone what his feelings on the issue of coronavirus were. And then when he came out and said the Shycoms were behind it, they still ignored him because that ruined their fun. They wanted to believe in the arrests. They wanted to believe that Oprah was going down. And now that it's less and less likely that it's arrests, and it's less and less likely that the mole children are being liberated as we speak and are being uh, put in tents in Central Park, QAnon is slowly, painfully accepting that it's the Shycoms, that Q was actually right, and 
this was a bioweapon sent to destroy America by China to weaken the economy so that Donald Trump would lose election against Joe Biden. And that was the whole thing. That was the whole plot. And they've, now they've come up with some really unbelievably stupid uh, ideas. Like there was this one uh, thing I saw where the same day that Nancy Pelosi gave the articles of impeachment to the Senate was the day the first uh, coronavirus uh, confirmed case was found in America. As if these two things had anything to do with each other. And people are coming up with these really weird ideas that somehow the virus and the impeachment were interwoven in some giant plot. When the Ukraine phone call that started the whole impeachment brouhaha that ended up leading to Trump's impeachment, that was in August, that was in October, I should say. That was in October when the phone call happened, and the first case of uh, coronavirus was in November. So this whole thing did not... Impeachment and the coronavirus are two entirely separate things. They had nothing to do with each other. But when you look at everything through a hyper-political, hyper-partisan lens, and you're just of the mindset that everything's politics... Everything is about Donald Trump, yay or nay. You can't help yourself. You just can't let it go. You can't say, ah, well, I mean, this coronavirus is a thing that happened and it sucks and we got to stay indoors to try to prevent the spread of the plague, but eh, that's life. Them's the breaks. People got to find more. They got to find bigger things. They got to find more ridiculous things such as, in this case, the idea that the coronavirus is a plot against Trump or a plot by Trump to defeat the deep state, so on and so forth. It's just this inventing of a crazy narrative to try to rationalize or justify anything. Because the virus just can't be a virus. And impeachment just wasn't impeachment. It's all a plot. It's all a giant effort by the deep state to undermine and destroy Donald Trump and to take him down and to bring them back to power, which was impossible up until now, according to Q, because back in the good old days, we had it all. Patriots in control. Hillary tried to cut a deal. We said no, and all that good stuff. Yet... Now here we are, and Biden and the Chicoms are gonna make it a make it a contest. They're gonna give Trump a run for his money, which really doesn't make any sense. Not with the way Q had talked for the past two years and change. And now Q's talking up a storm because after his whole stupid, ridiculous uh, cannibal thing. Uh, He's felt the need to get on the horn and do a little more talking. And he yelled at his followers today, which was awesome, because it is the ritual of excitement and shame that really drives QAnon, really bonds them together as a, as a group and a unit. And this was kind of an inevitable thing that was going to happen, because nothing ever happens with QAnon. So when someone sets a date, it passes with nothing happening. And for all the screaming and yelling of in inevitable E.T. and everybody else that was in on this stupid stuff, 
they got to backpedal. They got to come up with an excuse. They got to come up with a justification. And Q comes down from Mount Olympus and declares, uh, "Stop doing this. Stop making predictions. It's not how it works." But it's always how it works. Q made tons of predictions. Q's always making predictions. D5, uh, July 2018, the month the world shall know the truth. Uh, early Q, where literally he was just naming dates for when events would happen and all the big payoffs. Hillary being detained. Podesta and Huma getting arrested soon. I mean, it's all, it's all out there. And... Q never admits to a failed prediction. They just move on. They just ignore it. Whenever they hype something up and then it fails, they just ignore it. They move on. They go to the next thing. Never look back. Never reflect. Never apologize. Just shamelessly lie and lie and lie and lie. That's the goal. It's the whole goal of QAnon. It's just keep churning out more and more bullshit. Just never stop lying to people. Because... They want to be bullshitted. These people want to hear the lies. They want to be told all the terrible things that Q and Praying Medic and kind of sort of Joe M, although he's not on Twitter anymore, and all the rest of them. The people that are following these guys want to hear them tell them these lies. And they don't care how often they get it wrong. They don't care how often they brick it. They just want to hear the lie. They just want to hear it, and they want to just pull it tight to their chest and feel better about themselves, that they, they're on the right side of history, that they're going to win, that Donald Trump's going to get the bad guys. And I hate to tell everybody this, but you got five years max with this, and really, it's more like three, because... After the 2022 midterms, Trump's going to be a lame duck, and it's going to be... Really dicey. It's not going to be fun. So, gotta gotta get ready. Gotta get ready to bail out on this thing. It's not going to work. It's not going to last for forever. And if Trump does win re-election, oh boy, is it going to be real fun for you guys when he's telling everyone to get their Corona nineteen vaccine shots? And you and he is going to push it. He's going to push it so hard because he hates that the coronavirus has. Uh, robbed him of his power and his authority and he is just beholden to the virus and to the damage it causes and he, he and he's so inept and incompetent at his job he can't control it he can't formulate a proper response he can't do anything to actually uh, fix the problem because the, the problem is that not everyone's not talking about him and he can't go out and do his rallies in front of 10,000 people and talk about sleepy Joe Biden and have the crowd cheer for him. And he can't uh, tweet about Hunter Biden having a cushy job in Ukraine and have the media follow that thing for as, as long and as far as they can. Because right now, the whole story in America is the coronavirus, and that's all the story is going to be for another month, most likely. He hates being denied oxygen. He hates not being the center of attention. It's all about Trump. It's all about me, me, me. And he, he's not getting it, so it, it enrages him. And that's the nature of our esteemed president, the God Emperor, the man that these people worship so desperately. 
and have invested so much into. And they hate that he's not the bombastic, combative, crazy, confrontational nut. I mean, he does his press conferences now, and he screams fake news, and they try to decode which of the doctors that is on the stage with him are being sent to Gitmo for their crimes. It's so hilarious how the deep state is so omnipresent that they surround Trump. They are literally on the stage with him. And yet they're so bad at their jobs they just couldn't have beaten Trump and had Hillary Clinton be president. No, that, that could never happen. That would never happen. So, yeah, I mean... It's really funny. It's just so silly, the whole nature of everything. That we have this idiot as our president, that we have a cult that worships this idiot as our president. Just all of it. It's just it's just painful. It's just painful to be around. And that this idiot cult creates all these fake deadlines to get themselves all creeped up, get themselves all excited. And I've seen these recriminations these people are making. They do it all the time. Every time after a failed deadline. They're like, oh, we can't keep doing this. We can't keep making predictions. We have to stick to the future proves past model. Which, if you think about it, is the dumbest thing in the world. Future proves past literally means having your friend pick six football games and he wins on three, and he loses on three, and he tells you, oh, I really didn't like the three I lost on, I really didn't have a lot of faith in those plays. The three I won on, I really loved those plays. Those are my rock-solid locks of the week. And then you say, but you didn't say anything. You just told me to play those six games. And he's like, yeah, I know, but this information is necessary. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's what Future Proves Past is. It's the dumbest thing in the world. It's cold reading. It's cold reading for the internet. It's really pathetic. But they do this to themselves. They beat themselves up. They're like, oh, we made a prediction. We shouldn't have done that. And I promise you, in two weeks or less, they will be right on that horse again. They'll be making more dumb predictions. They will be riling themselves up for uh, failed promises and uh, things that will not result in any payoffs. Because they, this is what the, if they didn't make predictions, they wouldn't be happy. Because there's no point to doing QAnon if you're not making stuff up and getting yourselves all kinds of jeeped up and excited over nonsense. It just doesn't work. The whole point of being a part of this silly internet cult is that you get excited, that you get freaked out, that you are really passionate and weird about decodes and trying to solve the puzzle of when will the bad guys finally face justice. And if you don't have that, I mean, all you can do is just sit around and yell about how much you hate Joe Biden and Hillary Clinton and post the same photos of Obama in the weird satanic outfit that they said he was wearing, and it wasn't him, it was a different guy. And it's been debunked a million times. Or anything else. You can just go to the same well of same debunked crap. And that's boring and not fun, so get back on the get back on the wheel and start cranking out the predictions, cranking out the decodes, and they'll do it. They'll figure it out. 
after Easter passes and they get nothing, I promise you by the middle of May they'll have another uh, decode for another day of arrests. And they'll, they'll get themselves hyped up right back up again for it. Even though they know not to do it, they can't help themselves. They're addicts. They're addicts needing a fix. And their addiction is the promise that anything will ever happen, ever. I do wonder when Q finally tells them totally, completely bluntly, you got to re-elect Trump or nothing's ever going to happen. you gotta cl you got to clap harder or Tinkerbell will, in fact, die. Because that's coming sooner or later. Probably around uh, August, I'd say. So let's go to the questions. Because I have 37 replies to my uh, give me questions section. So let's see how uh, spiffy this is. Um, oh, not a lot of questions in the start. Um, let's see. Are some of them going to leave the cult? They left with all the pop, all this pop, they are left with all this popcorn and nothing to watch, says uh, Alt Coronavirus. I think that some people might get upset or angry, but it's really like some cost fallacy at this point. And also, it's election season, so if you were like really kind of on the fence about Q and QAnon and all this kind of stuff. You're a Trump supporter, and the Q people are Trump supporters, so really, eh. You just sort of roll with it, I guess. I mean, I, I really feel like this is the big thing, is the falsifiability of Trump winning re-election. That's what's really going to damage these people, is if he doesn't win, then... I mean, then it's going to be November 4th will be the biggest night of biggest morning and day and night of screaming and yelling and raging you've ever seen. It will be a calamity. It will be absolutely insane. But today, I mean, I think people will be upset. They'll be miserable. There'll be some people who'll be like, oh, that's it. I'm done. I'm out on cue. This is all a lie. And then in a week, they'll be back because they can't help themselves because they want to believe and... It's an election season, so you got to hate Joe Biden. So Q's going to give you lots of good material to hate him with. So li just live through that. Uh, man, I'm getting a lot of comments and not questions here. <laughs> uh, Tom, sheltering in Palace, O'Neill asks, will Garbage ever release another album? Which is one of the greatest questions I've ever been asked. They said they were working on one uh, pre-coronavirus and pre-touring um, with Alanis Morissette because that was uh, that was the big thing that was coming up was that they were going to be the uh, mid-act under Alanis for Alanis's big uh, return to the concert scene after her two-decade absence, as it were. Um, or it's the 20th, 20th year anniversary of Jagged Little Pill. A 20-year delta, as we would say, in the QAnon community. And so the concerts in America were going to be opened by Liz Fair, and then after Liz Fair, then Garbage would do a set, and then it would conclude with Alanis as the headliner. I still see... Um, like on Alanis's website that there's the tour exists and it's a thing that will happen allegedly, but 
I can't imagine that that would be a thing that would actually happen. Uh, concerts seem like an absolutely terrible idea right now, especially concerts that would be of any like real size. Because you're not going to go into a mosh pit and start smashing around and sweating and sneezing and coughing on people and just going around and doing all that kind of stuff. Uh, it's, it's not a good look. It's not a good look. I mean, I just I just think about how horrible this whole ordeal is and how until we get a vaccine, we're not going to get back to normal. Like, we, are, we may get to an approximation of normal. We may get to something that resembles normal, but we're not going to get to normal. And after the vaccine, then maybe we will get there. But until then, it's going to be it's going to be a slog. It's going to be a real painful year to year and a half of just dealing with this this problem, dealing with this pandemic, which is such an unusual once in a lifetime. And if you were born in 1919 and died before 2020, you never dealt with it. So it's not even once in a lifetime. It's like once in a century event where you have a crisis like this. And back in the 1910s, they just didn't really understand these things that well. And the Spanish flu just killed everybody. It was just, it was just, it was just slaughtered everyone. But now we're a little bit better about these things, so hopefully we are able to keep the casualty count a bit lower. But we're not going to get rid of it until we have a vaccine, which is depressing. And uh, it's so funny that we, you can't get away from this thing. This guy asked me a really simple softball question for the biggest garbage fan he knows, probably, besides himself, maybe. And, he, and and I, I segue into the coronavirus because life is hell. It sucks. But um, I really feel like I, I saw the, the guy on TV that was saying, you're going to have to be tested daily and you're going to have to have a badge that says the results of your test. And that's going to be our lives. And I thought about it and I thought maybe daily testing might be a little excessive. But if we have the antibody test and we have a... COVID-19 test, You let's say you get the antibody test and you test for the antibody, that you have the antibody. So now you get a blue badge with your picture on it, and the blue badge has to be renewed like uh, every month or so, so we can track your antibody count and everyone's antibody counts and see if they're staying consistent, staying solid, or if the body starts to forget COVID-19 after a while. And also we can test like the severity of how people responded to different levels of severity. If they were totally asymptomatic, do the antibodies remain strong or do they diminish? Because the, the body really didn't think of, it, think of it as much of a threat. The people that were on incubators or on ventilators and were in the hospital, do their antibodies stay real strong? Because they almost died and, the, and their bodies like freaked out and they're like ready to pick a fight with coronavirus if it comes back after them again. Like, so I think that'd be really, uh, that'd be one thing. And then if you test negative, uh, you get a green badge. And that has to be renewed once a week. And we can do testing on the weekends. So if you test negative on a Saturday, you've got until the next Sunday to renew it, and so on and so forth. And you can put little stickers on the top of the badge, color-coded, work out a scheme. 
for each for a sequence of weeks so that people know that your badge is up to date and you're allowed to enter Buffalo Wild Wings and consume beer and chicken wings. And if you test positive, you get a red badge. You don't get rid of the red badge until you test negative or test for the anybody. Life sucks for the people who get red badges, but now we know. And of course, when the vaccine comes out, you take the vaccine, you get a gold badge. And that would make the anti-vaxxers so mad. So, yeah, that's my hypothetical hell world of coronavirus returning to normalcy. The end. Uh, Groucho's Ghost asks, how long do you cook a three-minute egg? When did the War of 1812 start? Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bombas socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. I cook a three-minute egg for probably three minutes. That seems like it's self-evident. The War of 1812 actually did like start in 1812, but it was a thing that America was looking to do for a while because we wanted to take Canada, because why not? We already beat the British once. We can do it again. Back then, we were a wimpy little uh, bunch of colonies. Now we had had 50 years of actually being an independent nation, we had, a, we had our army, and things were going good. We're just going to roll into Canada, smash them, take it over, just conquer, just manifest destiny some stuff. And it turned out it didn't work because we won the revolution because France carried us. And it turned out that as an independent nation without France carrying us, we actually couldn't crush the British. And they burned down the White House to let us know that they were not happy with us. But it was a waste of their time to come across the Atlantic and have a big fight with us. It was a waste of our time trying to conquer Canada, so we all called it off, and that was that. The War of 1812 was a very silly little thing. Uh, up next, any closure on the mole children from Clouds in the Rain? I haven't heard a whole bunch about them this week. Well, Jenna Jameson came out today as a uh, mole children truther, which was hilarious. The mole children are going to be one of those things that just kind of hangs out on the periphery of QAnon and never goes away. It's going to be a thing they're going to bring up in like a month or two. They're, they brought it up, then they forgot about it as soon as it was obvious that there was no evidence to support it. But in a couple months, people are going to say, oh, remember when they freed all those children from those military bases and had them in Central Park? And people will agree with this statement. They will pretend that... For two months straight, they were talking about it the whole time. And it will just be a massive, categorical lie. 
because that wasn't a thing that happened. It didn't exist. But and they and they knew it when the heat was on, so they they, they abandoned it. But it's a zombie lie. It's one of these things that will never go away. It's like Yuhuma and Podesta getting arrested. Q didn't say the year, so they can just keep they can drag it out for forever. They can never stop dragging it out. Um, up next. Uh, Kim, listen to the health pros possible asks. Again, how many times does nothing have to happen before they fail on this? It's been three years and not one arrest. Again, November 4th. That's their real deadline. The real deadline is when the networks call the election for either Joe Biden or Donald Trump. And then, and then we're going to see some real, real madness. Because... Q was just kind of treading water throughout all of 2019 because there was just really nothing to do in 2019. There was no election. The Democrats won the midterms. He lied and said that it was okay and that it all worked out because the Republicans won a couple Senate seats, which absolutely did not uh, make losing the House in decisive fashion worth it in any way, shape, or form. But he's, he did his spin and then... He just spent 2019 talking about arrests that never happened. And now we're in 2020. And it's going to be more arrests that will never happen. And then we'll get down to brass tacks and work to reelect Trump. Because, again, that's the core of QAnon in every way, shape, and form. Um, let's see. Man, everyone's yelling at me. Did Q wait to scold them after they happened, or did that happen before? Uh, Q scolded them the today, scolded them right away, let them know that no, there's nothing's going to happen today. You dumb dumbs, don't do that again. Note, you're going to do it again in a couple of weeks because that's the whole point of following Q, is making up deadlines to get excited over. Uh, Will, uh, Laureen and Ted, PhD, quietaustralians.org. I love them. I love the, I love the avatar photo. I love the character of them. I've had people tell me that they're actually QAnon supporters, which makes me laugh so much. Will POTUS send the mole children back to Guantanamo or give them citizenship? Can Ted and I adopt a mole baby as a non-U.S. citizen? Um, the legal status of the mole children will be perilous because who knows what documentation was actually made on their behalf if they were born in the dumb and lived in the dumb their whole lives. I mean, technically, they were born on American soil, but who knows what the Supreme Court's going to rule about being born a mile underground and if it's technically America or not, or just like a protectorate or something. So I think we're going to have a lot of thorny legal issues to work out with the mole children and uh, for now, I think it's unlikely that you uh, kind Aussies are going to be allowed to um, get a mole baby. But uh, here's the whole thing. I mean, maybe I mean, Australia is also a hotbed of QAnon, so it's very possible that your military will one day be liberating the children that are in your underground military bases and that you guys can get an Aussie mole baby. You guys will get an Aussie mole baby to uh, lo love as your own. Aaron B. Donald, Aaron B. Biden's doomed. Says, wait until midnight. In what time zone is it over? Because there's still time. There's always more time. That's the God's honest truth. When it comes to QAnon, there's always more time.
Um, Kate asks, is this an AMA? The answer to that is always yes. These are always yes. This is always an AMA. You can ask me anything. And as long as you're not asking me to aggressively dox myself, I will answer it. So uh, it, it's an AMA, yes. Where is QAnon community with coronavirus? Uh, they were all over the place. Again, Q said it was a Shycom thing. That's probably where they're all going to land after a while when they realize they're not going to get anything else. So it was a it was a fake fake news thing that was just being done by the media to try to scare us, and then the body started piling up. So now it's a Shycom thing to scare us, and that's where they're going to end up. Is it real? Is it fake? Does it kill conservatives? Who created it? Shycoms. Is everything under control? Yes. And how is the deep state involved? Because of course they are. Uh, again, the deep state is uh, taking this weapon from the from the Shycoms and using it uh, as a benevolent gift from uh, Xi Jinping to uh, attack the uh, filthy American capitalist scum even though Trump loves G and constantly uh, praises him. Uh, the great ratio, the, the Gates ratio says, oh, there was supposed to be a thing today, to which, yes, that's kind of the way Q operates. There's often things all the days. Reed asks, uh, when can we expect the return of JFK Jr.? Or have they given up on that? Is Tom Hanks in custody yet? Uh, we can expect JFK Jr. They don't have a deadline on. That's a the grifters hate that, so they don't put deadlines on JFK Jr. It's only when they lose control of the narrative, or if like Q doesn't post for like two weeks, someone will go on the forums, on the Aikun forums, and be like, JFK Jr., coming back tomorrow! Mark it down! Get everyone all freaked out. But Praying Medic and the rest of them will never be like, hey, JFK Jr., totally the best, because they hate it. They just hate it, hate it, hate it, hate it, hate it. Uh, is Tom Hanks in custody yet? Uh, Tom Hanks has always been in custody. So, yeah, that's pretty obvious. Uh, Dixon says, I'm unfamiliar with this one. Is there a Vox explainer? Pretty much the rest of my podcast. Although I will mention, as I did in the reply that I gave him on this on the thread, 4.10.20 was what the uh, psychiatrist from Australia came up with as the uh, proper day for the arrests to happen after the 10 days of darkness and other QAnon supporters figured out that 41020 is the alphanumeric code for Donald uh, J. Trump's initials and that just completely freaked them out. So, I mean, that's that's the ultimate Q proof right there. Boom. Totally confirmed. Um, Talcum X. <laughs> that's a great name. Esquire, a.k.a. Quintalante. Another great name. Um, asks uh, Sean. Oh dear, Sean, you, uh, you grifter. Uh, any Bernie? Any burners follow Q? I couldn't imagine a more annoying combo than three stars plus a rose. The thing is, is that QAnon is so virulently anti anyone who's not uh, a Trump supporter that it would be really kind of tough to make that leap. I mean, you would you would have to be a Sanders supporter in like the sense that literally all you want to do is burn the Democratic Party down. 
and that you don't even actually hold any of the Democratic Party's uh, principles like dear to your heart because in QAnon world, abortion is murder. Uh, doing anything to damage the rich is bad and evil because the rich that we have right now in America aren't really the true rich. The true rich are the Rothschilds and George Soros and all the other, these other bad people who have multi-trillions of dollars worth of wealth that once uh, QAnon shatters their evil deep state piggy bank will finally uh, give us all this uh, hidden mystery wealth and take care of everything for us. So they, they kind of believe in socialism in a way if you just believe in fantasy socialism, I guess. But it's just really tough to square that circle. You, I, I mean, it's, it, anything's possible. And people are totally capable of powerful cognitive dissidence. So I hope not. I really hope it doesn't happen like that. Uh, 45 says knew it was pandemic slash he lied. I'm Bobcat. <laughs> that was a mouthful. Says, uh, what was supposed to happen? Uh, the, the Great Awakening. Rick Wilson, totally in jail. 60,000 arrests, you know it. All of Hollywood in jail, absolutely. No income taxes, boom, nailed it. A permanent cure for erectile dysfunction, oh, all the dicks, rock hard all the time. You fucking know it. Uh, 5G nano anal tracking, of course. What did Q promise now? All of the above and a bag of chips. So, yeah. Let's see. Do, 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 do. More comments, more comments. People don't understand that this is a questions thread. <laughs> I don't care. Commenting is fine. Um, Barbara Fitzusel. Oh, God, I butchered that name. Honestly, if I didn't find this shit so humorous, it is clearly insanity. Who knew that there are so many fucked up and unstable people in Trump's world? How can anyone think he is their savior beyond me? Have we really sunk this low? Uh, the answer is welcome to the internet. Uh, it, it lets all the crazies congregate and have a voice so that you can actually hear their terrible words being uh, shouted out their mouth holes. And uh, how can anyone think he is their savior? Uh, because they really, really, really hate everybody else, and they have to imagine that they have a hero that is fighting for them. And that's Donald Trump. So that's how they manage to get to this really dark place in their minds. Uh, and then finally, uh, FB Tipping says, well, that this didn't age well. Funny how you've tweeted on everything, but what has happened in the last couple of hours... Ooh, that is only four hours old, so I don't know what's happened in the last four hours that would have really inspired this person. Although I assume they're, they're probably talking about the fact that uh, John Solomon and some other people are saying that Durham is now actually going to be uh, handing out criminal subpoenas for his uh, grand jury investigation. Who's getting a subpoena? They haven't said. Who's going to be testifying? No one said anything. Or the subpoenas for evidence? What evidence? Again, these people freaked out because Bill Barr did a interview with Laura Ingram, and the first clip they played was just Barr doing the whole thing where he's like, oh, this is a travesty. What they did to Donald Trump during the campaign and during the transition, oh, it was, it was a war. It was like a coup. It was, it was sabotaging a president. I mean, it's, it was disgraceful. It was the worst thing I've ever seen.
And then after that, when they played the full interview, Barr said, well, if we can see that anyone broke the law and we have evidence to prove they broke the law, we will bring charges against them. Which is literally what you say about any crime that has ever been committed in the history of the world. I mean, it's not uh, really going out on a limb there for Barr to just be like, hey, if I can convict somebody of a crime, and I know I can do so, I will do so. <laughs> There's no prosecutor in America who wouldn't say that. There's no prosecutor in America who wouldn't do that. It's the nature of prosecutions. When you have an airtight case, you try the case because you win and you, it makes you look good. You served justice and brought an evildoer to bend the knee to the law and the glorious system of, the, of American jur jurisprudence. So, yeah, um, doesn't really, uh, didn't really do anything for me. Didn't really uh, frost my flakes, as it were, that Barr said all those things. So, great. Congratulations. Again, uh, you've been waiting for nearly three years now for any payoff, and now you're hoping that Durham slowly stirring to life is going to lead to anything. And again, this is America. We have due process. We have a legal system. You think that these guys are going to go after Brennan and Hillary and Comey and Obama and all these people, and that A, that won't be seen as hyper-partisan and ridiculously political in the middle of an election season, and that it might be a bad look that will offend some people, and two, those people are going to have the best lawyers on earth fighting and defending them. And that means that the uh, Department of Justice is going to have to have the most ridiculous case ever to be able to uh, convict them. Andrew McCabe would not take a plea deal because he was just like, what you guys are trying to do to me is bullshit and I will not, I will not let you slap me on the wrist and pretend that this is a real thing that really happened. I will go to court and I will fight this tooth and nail. And you know what happened? Department of Justice backed off. because they and, and they even said they were going to indict him. They were like, yeah, we heard McCabe saying that we shouldn't indict him. Yeah, we told his lawyers to fuck off. He's, he's getting indicted. You heard it here first. Andrew McCabe totally indicted. And QAnon freaked out about it. And then a week passed and he didn't get indicted. And then another week passed and he didn't get indicted. And then eventually McCabe's lawyers were like, yo, can we get a judge in here to fucking tell the DOJ to piss or get off the pot? Because uh, it's really not cool that they won't tell us the status of our client, if he's about to uh, face federal charges or not. And then eventually the feds were like, yeah, we're not going to do it. So if they, if they didn't even feel confident about McCabe, and I read a lot of articles that you could probably give gotten McCabe on a few things that it was a gray legal area but you could totally make the case and it was like probably 65% a conviction maybe I mean it would depend on how the lawyers framed it and how good a job they did but there was there was a little meat on the bone mind you all of this was about an anti-Hillary Clinton leak that McCabe made so it was, it was the most ridiculous uh criminal prosecution for QAnon to support the history of the world. A guy who literally leaked anti-Hillary Clinton materials and that's why he's being indicted. And QAnon's celebrating it because Trump hates McCabe and yells about him on Twitter all the time. And that's another reason why 
QAnon sucks at their job because they can't shut Trump up. Can you imagine if they indicted James Comey for anything? The defense would have a field day screaming that their their client could never get a fair trial because the president of the United States had defamed and slandered him on Twitter constantly and constantly ridiculed and insulted him. So the deck is stacked against our client by a tainted legal system. He cannot have justice. So you have no choice but to uh, just dismiss the case out of hand because it's been the, the well has been tainted by a by a president illegitimately threatening uh, and accusing my client of crimes. So Q team probably should have got somebody that just like shuts their mouth and doesn't say stupid stuff all the time. Would have helped them out a little bit. But alas, they didn't. They took Trump because uh, they're morons. They're bad at their jobs. And they fall for uh, satire about uh, veganism. Literally just... Humans are meat, and so are cows. Would you eat your own baby? You eat cows' babies. That's where veal comes from, you monsters. That kind of edgelord vegan crap tricked Q. Q couldn't figure that out. He's so dumb. Literally the dumbest of all super-secret spies that have been assigned to try to save the world from bad guys. We need a better hero than Q. Desperately. And I'm out of gas, so... I will probably talk to you all in a couple days. Have a good one. Stay safe. Don't get the Rona because it would probably suck if you did. Talk to you soon. Hello, this is Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast. And I'm here to tell you all about Splash Refresher because hydration is mandatory, but boring is not. Now, I love my water, but if I don't spice it up, I'm not going to finish what I took out of the fridge. That's why I love my Splash Refresher, which is flavorful, delicious, bright, hydrating, and zero calories. The wild berry flavor is my fave. No, wait. Is the pineapple mango flavor my fave? You know what? All five craveable Splash Refresher flavors are my fave because they're so delicious. So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.